0: ga Good morning and a warm welcome to your Catholic Corner for the 20th of June, or the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time on the Church's calendar. You're listening to Free FM 89.0, uh, independent community media, and your Catholic Corner is generously sponsored by the parish of St. Matthew's Hillcrest. My introductory music was Michael Crawford singing Ave Maria or Hail Mary. And uh, for those who haven't got out of bed yet, it's uh, continuing our week of rather damp weather. Um, and of course, uh, it's tomorrow is meant to be the shortest day of the year, although today and the following week, I don't think there's any notice. It's only a matter of seconds as the sun starts heading back towards us. The 12th Sunday, an ordinary time. That's a nice name for the times we live in, isn't it? Which is often far from ordinary. The Covid pandemic has thrown another big spanner into this troubled world. I do not believe, as some do, that God is somehow up there launching this on us as a punishment for what we do. It is part of the natural order of things to test us in this life for our eternal destination. For us in New Zealand, It is another time to do as Jesus taught us. Love love God and love our neighbor, the two great commandments. Who is our neighbor we should love? I will explain after we listen to the Colby singers singing, just to reassure you that singing, I will not leave you comfortless. Well, that didn't seem to be very uh, outspoken, but that was, I will not leave you comfortless. Now, I said before, the two great commandments are love God and love our neighbour. Loving God is uh, the paramount one, which is the whole point of our existence here on earth. But who are our neighbours? Sure, we know the people next door. Um, They... uh, share their fruit with us, Uh, we pop in for a cup of tea and they're generally good folks. And the same with our friends. It's so nice to visit our friends, to go out to a meal with them, to go and uh, watch sport together with them or just join in with them and have a good time. We dine with them, we swap with them, we play with them, we share our uh, surpluses with them and enjoy their company. All love and pleasant. But what does Jesus say about uh, these neighbours? Let us hear from Matthew in chapter 5, what he says. Jesus was teaching the apostles the various uh, various categories uh, in Matthew, but one area in verse 43 is love your enemies. You have heard that it was said, Love your friends, hate your enemies, and so many of us are like this. But now I tell you, Love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may come sons, sons of your Father in heaven. For he who makes his sun to shine on bad and good people alike, and gives rain to those who do good and those who do evil, Why should God reward you if you love only the people who love you? Even the tax collectors do that. And if you speak only to your friends, have you done anything out of the ordinary? Even the pagans do that. You must be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So there's a challenge for you. And... (laughs) It really sort of sums up our approach to life, doesn't it? Um, we, um, we sit in our homes and criticize the, uh, in inverted commas, bad people overseas or our neighbors down the road who um, don't keep their property right or drive too fast or um, we criticize gang members or immigrants or evildoers or whatever comes up on Police 10-7, but uh, these are the ones we've got to love, and it's not so easy, but it's this philosophy why so many will care for the sick and dying, the mentally troubled, the poor and down and outs, the smelly and the obnoxious, the ugly or the foreigner." On a larger scale, if we really loved our enemies, there would be no wars, fights or other conflicts. If only Catholic and Protestant, Arab or Jew, race versus race, wealthy and poor versus poor could just love one another. COVID opened opportunities to love or otherwise, to follow health rules, to protect our fellows, to wait one's turn for one's jab, to isolate if necessary to wear a mask when we're meant to wear a mask. We do this not because we want to, but because we care for not only ourselves, but we care for our fellow man, uh, our fellow person, who um, we come in contact with during these things. And fortunately so far in New Zealand, with this cooperation, it has worked. Now you're listening to free 89, FM 89.0 independent community media as the time comes up to 8, 8.43 on this rather damp Sunday morning. And now we'll listen to Samantha June singing Let There Be Peace on Earth. Samantha June, a young Christchurch singer. Now, while I was preparing this article and talking about caring for others, I came across an article in a recent issue of the Marist Messenger magazine, and this was about gossip. And this is one area where our love of neighbour can be shown or broken. And, of course, we seldom gossip about our close friends, but... We gossip about everyone else, but this is what the Greek philosopher Socrates had to say. He was once stopped by a colleague who began a conversation saying, Do you know what I've just heard about your friend? Socrates interrupted the man to say, At the risk of appearing rude, may I ask you to pass a small test. I call it the triple filter test. Curious, the colleague listened as Socrates explained the triple filter. The first filter is truth. Have you made absolutely sure that what you're about to tell me is true? When the man said no, I just heard about it. Socrates said, all right, so you don't really know if it's true or not. Let's try the second filter, which is goodness. Is what you're about to tell me about my friend something good? Again the man said no, quite the opposite. Socrates continued, so you want to tell me something bad about him, but you're not certain if it's true. You can still pass this test, though because of the final filter, and is the filter and it's the filter of usefulness. Is what you want to tell me about my friend going to be useful to me? Once again, the man, probably embarrassed, said, No, not really. Socrates concluded with this point, Well, if you want to tell me is neither true nor good nor even useful, why tell it to me at all? And that's rather clever about so many things we say. We just love to hear, did you hear about so-and-so who did this? It's very good, isn't it? We love to be the bearer of this, and it's always bad news. We can never hear this warning enough. Gossip seems harmless, yet it can be dangerous, disastrous, and destructive in relationships. The Apostle Paul may have had that in mind when he advised, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful in building others up. And if you think about it, your best friends are the ones that, um, and I'm fortunate in this way, who only say good about people, what good they have done, and make excuses for the small errors that they uh, come across. So there we are. That's the thought for today. And of course, this is an important reason why in um, law courts we have um, name suppression because the moment someone comes up in court, if we know the names of the person that they have done something, that is it. And it is a bit of a worry, and I'm not getting into the field of um, uh, particularly some of these bad cases of sexual misbehaviour in the past, but it only needs someone to suggest that a good person has... um, been misbehaving in the past, and people will believe it. So, unless it's true, or unless it's doing some good um, or useful, don't say it. And now we have a track today from Kamal singing, singing Love Never Ends. <laughs>
1: I have the faith to move mountains, but do not have love, if I have the gift of prophecy, if I comprehend all mystery, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love is not pompous. It's never self centered and not easily angered. Love keeps no record, and love is not rude or proud. It bears all things hopes all things endues all things love never fades love never ends if I give the poor all I possess if I give my life to holiness but do not have love If I speak in tongues and prophesy, if I learn the knowledge of the wise, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. Jealous. Love is not pompous. It's never self centered and not easily angered. Love keeps no record, and love is not rude or proud. It bears all things. All things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, love never.
0: Was Kamal, I have not mentioned as I usually do I have not mentioned as I usually do um, the feast days in the church's calendar at this time. We have Saints Aloysius Gonzaga on Monday, and the Henry Eight adversary St. Thomas Moore and St. John Fisher on Tuesday, Aloysius Gonzaga was born of a high class, the eldest of seven. He was going to follow a military career, but he turned increasingly to the spiritual. He contracted a serious con- serious kidney infection, and while recovering, spent much of the time in prayer and decided to join the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. This was against the wish of his family, but he persevered, and he headed towards his ordination. In 1591 a plague broke out in Rome and the Jesuits opened a hospital to care for the victims. Aloysius threw himself under the care of those affected and eventually contracted the disease himself and he died at the early age of 23. He was canonized in 1726 and because of his young age he is the patron saint of students, Jesuit scholars, Christian youth and AIDS carers and sufferers. And what about Henry VIII's um, adversaries? Poor old Henry, we hear plenty about him. Uh, The first one was St. Thomas More, and we're talking back now in the 15th century. Thomas More was the son of a lawyer, um, and he planned to be a priest, but um, he didn't. um, And he eventually had three daughters, a son, and everything was going fine. Because Thomas was a shrewd lawyer, charming and witty, he won friendship of King Henry VIII uh, when he began his rule in England. Later, Henry asked Thomas to approve the divorce he wanted, and Thomas refused, and that made the king angry. By this time, Thomas was Chancellor of England, and Henry wanted Thomas on his side, and every other bishop except St John Fisher had signed an oath um, to uh, support Henry, but Thomas refused. He resigned as Chancellor and returned home for a quiet life. However, Henry sent Thomas to prison, and he was kept there in the tower for 12 months. The King tried to make him change his mind, but Thomas wouldn't, knowing that it would mean certain death for him and disgrace for his family. Finally, after suffering hunger, cold, and loneliness, Thomas was led out and beheaded. Seeing that the mark swordsman was quite nervous, Thomas said, Be not afraid, for you send me to God. Then he said to the crowd, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. And the other man similarly was St. John Fisher. He was a priest and a tutor to Henry VIII and later he became a Bishop of Rochester and Chancellor of the Cambridge University, and he had a particular care for the poor. But when Henry wanted to divorce Catherine and marry the attractive Anne Boleyn, Henry requested a divorce from the Pope, but was refused. And Fisher supported this decision and resisted signing support for King S. Everyone but Thomas More had done so. Then Henry declared an oath of supremacy that they all had to sign, but again Fisher refused. He was sentenced to prison in 1534 on the charge of high treason. The Pope declared the jail bishop a cardinal, and Fisher was kept in prison for 14 months without a trial. But then, in 1535, he was condemned to death and equally beheaded. So it wasn't a good thing to um, cross the king, was it? Now, unfortunately, it's time to finish. Thanks again to St. Matthew's for sponsoring us. Do tune in next Sunday at 8.30 to FM 89.0 for your Catholic Corner. And just to finish up, we have another tune from Kamal and it's the Lord's Prayer.